Welcome to the Three Martini Lunch. Grab a stool next to Greg Columbus of Radio America and Jim Garrity of National Review. Three Martinis coming up. So glad you're with us for the Tuesday edition of the Three Martini Lunch. I think we've got three crazy martinis today, but there's probably a twinge of bad in some of these as well, as there often is with the crazies. But, uh, Jim, let's start with Texas Democrats. You and I have been doing this long enough to have seen Democrats flee the state before, uh, specifically with Wisconsin when Scott Walker and uh, the Republican majority there were working towards collective bargaining legislation. Ultimately, they got it done. And I think the Republicans in Texas are ultimately going to get election reform legislation done. But uh, Texas Democrats going on a bizarre, what I would call self-indulgent journey from Austin to Washington. And now I think they're going to join Joe Biden up in Pennsylvania today to uh, make a push for the national democratic version of election reform. So they're claiming that Texas Republicans want to uh, restrict the right to vote. And of course, the mainstream media is picking up on that with all their narration of what's going on here. Greg Abbott was just on Fox News Sunday with uh, Chris Wallace saying, no, we're actually expanding early voting. We're just not going to let counties, specifically Harris County, Texas, uh, come up with their own election rules. The Constitution says that is up to the states, which is another good reason that there shouldn't be this national bill. So anyway, all these uh, Texas Democrats, they flee the state. They take all these selfies on the bus, which includes a case of Miller Lite for some reason. Then they uh, hop on the plane and give thumbs up, no masks, and then uh, take take a trip to Washington, taking a bunch of selfies when they get off at Dulles and uh, and Governor Abbott now saying, uh, enjoy your trip, but I'm going to arrest you all when you come back. So, uh, Jim, what do you make of uh, the Democrats' publicity stunt here and whether it's actually going to accomplish anything? I don't think it's going to accomplish very much. Uh, I'll spare listeners another recitation of the history of state legislators fleeing the state. Uh, we've seen this in Oregon. We've seen this in Texas before we saw this in Wisconsin, we saw this in Democratic state legislators in Indiana. Uh, in almost every single case, every you know lawmaker involved says it's valid and necessary when their side does it to protect minority rights. But the moment the other party does it, look, this is a stunt and a dereliction of duty and absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> it's a ludicrous double standard. And there's really been no indication that in any of these fights that the party that fleed really got that much done. It's a delaying tactic. It's, it's a, you, you can drag things out, but sooner or later, you do have to go back to your job. And uh, the question is, the, the other intriguing fa- factor in this case of Texas is that, you know, some states have full-time state legislative jobs, but Texas, this is a part-time job. That is, you're not supposed to make a living at this. And almost every state legislator has a day job, has some other job that they're supposed to do. And it's kind of tough to do that job from Washington instead of being back there in Texas. Now you can do it for a week. You can do it. Look, people are used to having being special session and a certain amount of flexibility in it. Um, but there are three other aspects. Generally, you know, these sorts of, uh, of actions don't do much other than, yeah, they galvanize your grassroots, but um, your grassroots is kind of supposed to be galvanized beforehand. Uh, and the other it also enrages the grassroots of the other side. So it generally turns out to be a wash in these situations. I would say if you're going to do it, don't take sell, don't let everyone know that you're bringing cases of Miller Lite. <laughs> if you're going to get on a plane, put on your mask. Don't show that you don't have to obey the rules for masks because you're taking a chartered plane, whereas everybody else is taking, you know, United Airlines or something like that. They've got to wear masks. And I saw a fundraising tweet from one of the state legislators saying, look, we don't know how long we're going to stay in this hotel. You know, please donate more now. And, you know, if you're if you're donating to a political cause, 
maybe, you know, you, you want to see this because we're going to do door knockers and we're going to have mailers in every single house in the district. And we're, we're, we're going to be up on the air and we're going to be communicating, aren't we? All, there's all much stuff. The look, we've cleaned out the mini bar and this place, you know, I really want to leave a good tip for the maids, you know, that kind of stuff. They, I don't know if this is going to work. My guess is there are enough people who are uh, in Democrats in Texas who are, no, sure, we'll support you. Democracy's at stake. Ugh. They'll donate money. It'll be great for fundraising. In the end, it's not really going to change anything because, oh, and the other thing is that it does greatly complicate the argument of Democrats that the filibuster is some sort of ludicrous, uh, undemocratic, you know, Jim Crow 2.0, but leaving the state is perfectly okay, even though it's basically the filibuster with frequent flyer miles. Yeah, I'd almost uh, be interested to see if Mitch McConnell's tempted to have them over to his office at some point and go, you know what? I don't agree with your position on this, but I strongly agree that uh, the minority, especially a Senate minority, deserves the the, the right to uh, to have the process uh, be done in, in the right way. Although, of course, in, in Texas, the process is being done in the right way. And of course, in Washington, the filibuster was this uh, valuable tool that uh, is the underpinning of democracy. Until the Democrats controlled uh, the House, the Senate, and the White House. And uh, yeah, to watch the media's different coverage of this is just, you know, completely expected, but it's still shameless of how, you know, Senate Republicans in Washington are uh, undermining democracy. And yet uh, the Senate minority Democrats in Texas are the ones preserving democracy. So, you know. In short, the media's position is that minority rights matter when the minority is a Democrat. With the minorities are Republican. Oh, by the way, that 50-50 minority, mind you. Yes. So that's, uh, yes. That's when they should have absolutely no, no say whatsoever. Yes, exactly right. Exactly right. All right. Well, let's talk about our fine sponsors today over at Made In. Look, maybe you picked up a hobby uh, while you had all that time at home. Maybe you're cooking more than you used to and you realize, you know what? The old pots and pans, the other cooking utensils. They're not as good as they could be, and I think I could maybe do a better job and work on some other things if I had better tools. And so if you're serious about cooking, you should invest in those kitchen tools, and Maiden's cookware and kitchenware products are used by thousands of the world's best chefs. And I've had a chance to uh, choose a pan, and we've had the chance to to use it several times now. It's the stainless steel uh, pan, and it uh, has that even heat, which we love so much. My culinary skills are limited. I, I scramble eggs, but I have noticed that the even heat is better than in the pans I was using before. Mrs. Corumbus has used it for a variety of things, and uh, everything tastes absolutely delicious. And, of course, she fries bacon in that pan. And, of course, it would be good no matter what you fried it in, but uh, it tastes absolutely delicious in the made-in pan as well. So if you're serious about your cooking and you really need an upgrade, made-in is the way to go. Made In produces professional quality cookware and knives for those who love to cook. They source the finest materials and partner with renowned craftsmen to make premium kitchen tools available directly to you without the markup. Made In products are made to last and they offer a lifetime guarantee. Their cookware distributes heat evenly and can easily go from the stovetop to the oven. And their knives are fully forged, perfectly balanced, and they will stay sharp. They have 32,000 five-star reviews, and their products are used by some of the world's best chefs at Michelin-starred restaurants around the world. Made In is better cookware for better meals. 
Yeah, when you have the best tools, you can really reach your full potential in the kitchen. And Maiden is offering three Martini Lunch listeners 15% off your first order with the promo code MARTINI. This is the best discount available anywhere online for made-in products, so you don't want to miss it. Go to madeincookware.com slash martini and use the promo code MARTINI for 15% off your first order. Again, that's madeincookware.com slash martini and use the promo code MARTINI. All right, Jim, uh, let's move to our next crazy martini now. And, of course, the effort goes on to inform and uh, get as many people vaccinated as possible from the Biden administration. Last week, we talked about their door-to-door sales pitch and how that might not be the smartest idea in the world. And now they're going to get even uh, more personal with you. This is from Politico. Biden allied groups, including the Democratic National Committee, are also planning to engage fact checkers more aggressively and work with SMS carriers to dispel misinformation about vaccines that is sent over social media and text messages. The goal is to ensure that people who may have difficulty getting a vaccination because of issues like transportation see those barriers lessened or removed entirely. Quote, we are steadfastly committed to keeping politics out of the effort to get every American vaccinated so that we can save lives and help our economy further recover, said White House spokesperson Kevin Munoz. When we see deliberate efforts to spread misinformation, we view that as an impediment to the country's public health and will not shy away from calling that out. So, Jim, as we have discussed many, many times, there's plenty of arguments as to why you should get a vaccine. I think most people who are mildly interested in the issue know that you can get to Walgreens or CVS or your local pharmacy or a bunch of retailers. Uh, Doctor's offices are getting them increasingly. And so finding out where to get them is not hard. Uh, Getting a ride to that place should not be that hard. So the explanation here as to why we need to employ fact checkers to actually intervene between people exchanging text messages uh, is uh, quite chilling here. Even if it's just an algorithm, the idea that the government's going to be diving in on your personal chats is pretty chilling. I want to be on the fly on the wall or just kind of sit and just kind of be this you know, lurking figure in the back of the room when they're sitting around spitballing ideas where we, you know, plucked all the low-hanging fruit. Everybody who's left is reluctant. God, how do we get people to get vaccinated? Um, uh, let's go around the room. Uh, Eddie, what do you got? Uh, what if we popped up in people's text messages when they started saying stuff that we thought was disinformation? Ooh, good idea. That could be applicable to all kinds of stuff. There's nothing that's going to do more to, uh, to dispel paranoia than for messages from the government to randomly pop up on their phone announcing, you have been spreading disinformation. Please stop doing that. Trust us, the vaccine is safe and you should get one now, you know. Um, And I say this as somebody who is an enthusiastic supporter of vaccination, thinks you should do it. If you have questions, talk to your doctor. There is a very small percentage of people who are allergic to the ingredients in the vaccine. There's a very good chance they can figure that out before they give you the vaccine. And by the way, if you had the vaccine and you had a really terrible reaction, I don't just mean sore arm or feeling tired for a day or something like that. But if you had like a violent, life-threatening reaction, then no, you should not get that second shot. That's that's pretty much common sense. But otherwise, it's good for most people. That having been said, I can't think of an idea that's probably going to do more to undermine uh, this. And I just really don't like the idea that either a government entity or the Democratic National Committee can just go, you know, has some sort of ability to team up with your mobile carrier and say, hey, we'd like to go through people's text messages, see what they're saying, and if we don't, if we think they're spreading disinformation, we will do something. 
Uh, we, we will send, you know, say, you know, oh, no, we've, we've corrected that. It really does take a big step in the Orwellian direction. And it's, you know, the other thing is that even if you thought it was worthwhile, um, the, the slightest bit of thought would make you come to the conclusion, oh, crap, that's not going to work. That's going to make people even more paranoid. This is not, you know, this is going to probably generate the worst, uh, even worse reaction uh, than, than we wanted to. So we'll see how it shakes out. But uh, I, I actually don't think this will get off the ground very far. If they do, I think you'll see a lot of people reacting very negatively. And uh, what can you say? Uh, we're, we're, we're in the very best of hands, Greg. Well, here's the thing on a, on a couple of fronts. First of all, as you mentioned, it's going to do more harm than good because people are going to hate that. And of course, if they can do that on this issue, there's no issue they can't potentially do it on. So the idea that it would simply stay there uh, is uh, very troubling. And uh, even if it is an algorithm, the the idea that the government uh, has that kind of ability is, is not going to be comforting to a lot of people who care at least a little bit about privacy. The other thing is whether the, uh, the carriers would go along with this. I mean, we've got you know, the big ones, Verizon, AT&T and so forth. But uh, Jim, I remember when Apple steadfastly refused to let the government have access to the San Bernardino terrorist phone. But are they really going to give access mm. to everybody else's text messages here because they might have texted something about a vaccine and maybe how they're hesitant? That, that, that's a very interesting contrast there, Greg. That observation of like, you know, this guy, we know he set off bombs. We know he shot people. No, no, you can't look into his phone. He's got privacy pushing up daisies, but still, you know. <laughs> right. But you, on the other hand, no, 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 because we went to the phone carrier. That's perfectly fine. Everything's hunky-dory. Yeah, unbelievable. All right. Well, uh, I guess be a little more careful about what you text. Uh, don't know how much the government can uh, can read those, but uh, at least it appears more than we thought before. At least I thought before. All right. But uh, rest easy, at least on those Giza dream sheets from my pillow. My pillow, of course, great with the pillows. Love mine every single night. But uh, the Giza dream sheets, fantastic. Also, uh, super soft, uh, very comfortable. Uh, it really is uh, the best set of sheets that I can remember sleeping on. If you if you want quality sheets, uh, the Giza Dream Sheets are the way to go. And right now they've got a good deal for you. For a limited time, you can get two sets of the Giza Dream Sheets for one low price plus free shipping. Imagine sliding into the most comfortable sheets you will ever own, guaranteed. They're made from the world's best cotton, grown only in a region between the Sahara Desert, the Mediterranean Sea, and the Nile River. Its long staple cotton makes it ultra soft and breathable. These sheets are available in a variety of colors and sizes. They're machine washable, and they come with a 60-day money-back guarantee, as well as a one-year limited warranty. Don't miss this deal. Visit MyPillow.com and use the promo code MARTINI at checkout or call 800-874-0104 for two sets of the Giza Dream Sheets for one low price, plus free shipping. Again, that's two sets of the Giza Dream Sheets for one low price, plus that free shipping with the promo code MARTINI at MyPillow.com or by calling 800-874-0104. Sleep better with MyPillow.com or call 800-874-0104. All right, Jim. Well, if you think uh, governmental decisions about text messages are not good, let's uh, see what the World Health Organization is up to. I love your subhead in the morning jolt today. Who buys a bundle of Chinese vaccines that aren't particularly effective? Yes, who would? Oh, who? That's who. Uh, the World Health Organization. You say for those who thought the U.S. rejoining the World Health Organization would lead to better decision-making in that international organization. Nope. 
The WHO's COVAX vaccine distribution program decided to buy millions of doses of two of China's COVID-19 vaccines, Sinopharm and Sinovax. Uh, Chinese state-run media puts the figure at 110 million doses. The problem, of course, is that the Chinese vaccines aren't really any good. Uh, certainly well below the vaccines that we're discussing here in the United States. Uh, Sinopharm prevents uh, hospitalization 79% of the time. And you point out that the trial was not actually used on people with uh, significant comorbidities. So, you know, uh, keep that under your hat. And then, of course, there's Sinovac, which is 51% effective and less effective against uh, two of the major variants. So, uh, Jim... Still, the WHO carrying the water for the Chinese government here. Indeed, Greg. And if you want to, see, a couple of people responded to what uh, what I wrote today. By the way, there's nothing like trashing Chinese vaccines to see a whole bunch of people on social media just pop out of the woodwork saying, "No, no, they're awesome." For really no particular, I'm, I'm always kind of curious about who are the people who are like, "No, no, I must defend the good name of Sinovac and Sinopharm." Uh, it illustrates <laughs> them as a very strange, like, ordinary Americans with you know ordinary pictures on their their tw- social media accounts who just happen to be uh, experts on Sinovac and Sinopharm and start citing statistics and stuff like that. Uh, they, they certainly wouldn't be trolls or, or bots or anything. Like that. No. But anyway, uh, so, yeah, look, yeah, there, there are two vaccines. If if the World Health Organization, you know, if, if they had a spokesman here, they would probably say, look. Lots of other people who were supposed to make vaccines and offer them to us have not come through. Russia's had all kinds of production problems. India's had all kinds of production problems, in part because India's been hit really bad by the coronavirus. And they've decided to keep more of the stuff that they thought they'd have available for export. They're keeping to themselves. Um, We've heard we've talked about in the past the bumps in the road is the Biden administration getting their efforts. Uh, You know, COVAX is the big worldwide effort to get vaccines out all around the world. And they're, they're basically the, the huge best effects to say, look, these aren't totally ineffective. <laughs> you know, in a bunch of case, in a bunch of these studies, they're above half, Greg. That's great, isn't it? You know, um, I exaggerate slightly, but yeah, that actually in the, the in the study in Brazil, yes, the the Sinovac vaccine was about an efficacy of fifty one percent. It was a little bit less effective against two of the variants. So for some of them, we're looking at the high forty some percent. Not great. But if you have nothing, I, I can imagine if you had absolutely no vaccine and the, the virus is rampaging through your society and you're really afraid of catching it, yeah, maybe it'll do you some good. Now, as you mentioned, the Sinopharm one, they really didn't study it on all the people who are particularly vulnerable. And that seems kind of important. That seems like the sort of detail. By the way, all of this is from the World Health Organization's own websites. I am not quoting, you know, ChinaStinks.com or, or something like that. <laughs> and it's not all that, you know, look, we, our guys are using that uh, mRNA vaccine and then kind of, you know, it, it helps you build build up your immune system in a different way. Uh, the Chinese ones are more of like taking something that's very similar to the vac- to the virus itself and, and non-active, putting it into your system and hopefully your immune system kicks in. Um, it was back in April. Gao Fu, who was director of the Chinese Center for Disease Control, he's at this conference and he says, look, and this is translated from China, but he said, the efficacy of our existing vaccines is not high. The levels of antibodies generated by our vaccines are lower than the mRNA vaccines and the efficacy data are also lower. I think it is a natural conclusion that our inactivated vaccines and adenovirus vectored vaccines are less effective than mnra vaccines of course that's not what china wants to hear and he must have quickly gotten a phone call because a day later he said oh i totally didn't say that even though he had said <laughs> it and we recorded um and just so there have been periodically these sporadic cases of various countries where they've been given their vac- the populations the chinese vaccine and they still see outbreaks now here's the thing i will say as far as i can tell there's no i'm not seeing a lot of evidence that people get vaccinated with the chinese vaccine and die 
That's the good news. So maybe if, maybe if you just want to prevent death, that, that'd be right. Maybe that is better than nothing. Um, that having been said, they're not doing a lot to prevent cases. And apparently, in some cases, they are seeing people get hospitalized. Uh, CNBC just last week was reporting that weekly COVID cases adjusted for population remained elevated in at least six of the world's most inoculated countries. Five of those nations rely on vaccines from China. Um, I'm being a little snarky and hyperbolic when I say if this was any less effective it'd be coming out of a Pez dispenser. But that having been said, like the, the World Health Organization really is giving something of a good housekeeping seal of approval by buying 110 million doses and sending them around the world. And I think this is, you know, like if the entire pandemic has been marked by people, you know, stubbornly refusing to acknowledge inconvenient truths, it is an inconvenient truth that the vaccines that come from China are about as effective as a big chunk of the personal protective equipment that came from China. And you may remember in the opening months of this pandemic, people opening up boxes from China and finding that the masks were shoddy, the the, uh, the stuff was all kinds of, you know, the shields, all that kind of stuff wasn't working, wasn't sterilized, was not the way it should be. And, uh, you know, conceivably may have uh, exacerbated the spread instead of preventing it because people are walking around with a false sense of protection. The only, the only thing connected to uh, COVID-19 that the Chinese have generated, Greg, that actually is effective is um, COVID-19. Oh, that's not a good track record. It is the one manufactured product. That, no, I'm just kidding. Okay, okay, we don't know. <laughs> this guy who It's gave- the one thing that strangely popped up right outside of a coronavirus research lab that just happened to uh, <laughs> end up infecting people. What are the odds? So. This guy who gave an honest appraisal and then changed his mind the next day, was his name John Cena for uh, by any chance? No, no, Gao Fu, but easy to make up that. Uh, you know, like, I mean, I think the difference is that Gao Fu has demonstrated more independence from the Chinese government. <laughs> well, Jim, uh, I, I again applaud your reporting as always, and I applaud you also for staying strong even in the face of tweets from, you know, Kevin eight six seven six three four two five. I'm sure he it was very compelling in what he's had to say in those tweets. But uh, you're standing strong, so good. That's, I a, that's keep a good sign. Waiting to run into a bot that has a seven digit number, eight six seven five three zero nine, and that guy might actually be real. <laughs> or it could be a girl. If it's maybe uh, named Jenny. Uh, yeah, Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jim. Have a fantastic day. I will see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow, Greg. Jim Garrity, National Review. I'm Greg Columbus, Radio America. Thanks very much for being with us today. Please do subscribe to the Three Martini Lunch podcast. Uh, tell your friends about us as well. Uh, we're very grateful for your five-star ratings and your kind reviews. Also, get us on those home devices. All you have to say is play Three Martini Lunch podcast. He is uh, found on Twitter at Jim Garrity. I'm at Dateline underscore DC. Have a great Tuesday, and please join us Wednesday for the next Three Martini Lunch. Hi, it's Dana Lash, host of The Dana Show. Every day, I'm here to keep you up to speed on the most important stories and info that you need to know in your very busy life. And if you're always on the go and you want to stay connected, just download our daily podcast and take it with you. It's a great way to get up to speed on what you need to know and what legacy media may not be telling you. Visit danaradio.com and click on the podcast link or subscribe at iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.